Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. What? Is that Nate Wimberly in studio? I'll give you a look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Wimberly in studio, WBTV. Now, you know, I'm from Georgia. I'm never going to turn down a chance to do that. Man. No, I'm, yeah. I'm always ripping that. I'm always going to rip that. That's what Smoke's obsession with Lil John has bled into the 5 o'clock hour. What? Is that Nate Wimberly? Yeah. yeah. It's good to have him back. Uh, 5 o'clockers, what's up? I don't know what the weather likes outside. I heard it's bad, so uh, be safe out there. Uh, I heard it's going to rain for a while, so be safe. Keep it on 10 and 2 and on the wheel, that is, and keep it on 92.7 WFNZ. 7 o'clock tonight, Hornets pregame. Don't forget to be there with us. Also, make sure to get out to Graham Street Pub and Patio for the Michelob Ultra Charlotte Hornets watch party. Join Walker and Fitty and Shroppy and Flounder. The party starts at 7 o'clock. Tip is at 8. Watch the Hornets face the Bucks. Walker and Fitty will have giveaways, plus your chance to win tickets to a future Hornets home game. So all that's tonight in Uptown next to Bank of America Stadium. Hornets and Bucks, and they are going to be short-handed, my man. Uh. Nate Wimberly, um, we know Brandon Miller's going to play. We know that Miles Bridges is going to play, and then uh, uh, who else? <laughs> Keep it going. Um, 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 <laughs> Bryce McGowan's. I think he's going to Nick Smith Jr. Nick Smith, Nick Richards, uh, uh, Leaky Black, Leaky Black, uh, JT Thor. Uh, yes, he, st- at, he, had, this, he wasn't cut at this point. Yes, yeah, he's still there. I mean, uh, like, how many bodies do you have? I, I, I got to be honest with you. I was bummed to see Ish Smith get waved yeah, yesterday. Exactly. That yeah. sucked. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a lost season, but there's still development to do. And they just traded for Trey Mann, who I think they do see maybe as their point, their backup point guard of the future. Still 23 years old, but it stinks to see Ish Smith go. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, just generally speaking, you, we were talking about this yesterday. You've been around for... 26? I mean... Most of them on trade deadline day. Yes, that's that might be the most action-packed trade deadline day in pro basketball history in the city. Hands down, absolutely. Uh, and and you know what? I like what they did. I mean, at this point, you know, there's no denying that this 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 roster has been talented for the last four to five years. The talent of it isn't questioned. They couldn't stay healthy, and I think when you got all this young talent, um, you got to have some leader some leadership, some veteran leadership to help this young talent guide to navigate the waters. And I don't think they ever really did that. We, we, every year it was like, you know, we're going to draft well, we're going to draft well, we're going to draft well, but we ne- they never took the next step. And there's a next step. This is a part of the next step that should have happened years ago under Michael Jordan. Now we get some new owners and it's like, yo, we got to break this up. You know, it's time to take some of that young talent and turn it into something that gets us an asset that's going to help push this thing forward. They never really did that. We kept hearing this from Mitch. We're going to draft well. We're going to draft well. We're going to draft well. What's after the draft well? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Mm-hmm. And now we're about to see it because, and I applaud Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall for, for, for starting this. Now, I don't think anything's going to go beyond this because you got a new coach that's more than likely coming in at the end of the season. You got a new GM coming in at the end of the season, and they're going to have to figure out what they want to do. So I just think, you know, this is the step, the first step of moving this thing forward. And, and this is why, you know, it's been tough to sit 
and, and kind of idle. You know, it mm-hmm. kind of feels like we've been stuck on the tarmac yes. all season yes. long. Is there any worse feeling than being stuck on the tarmac? You're watching everybody going and coming, and yeah. you're just like, uh, are we next? Can we go now, please? But <laughs> it feels like the Hornets have been stuck on the tarmac yes. this year, right? Because yes. we all know new ownership stuff's coming. Mm-hmm. We're getting off this plane at some point. Oh, yeah. It stinks in here. You know, everybody's, cra- everybody's grouchy. <laughs> we've been cooped up in here for two years now, but we're all about to be let off and some reorganizations coming. Yes. And so it, you started to see that. And one of the reasons that I've maintained some optimism moving forward is that I, I, I love the fact that Rick Schnall is a you know an older guy who's been to fantasy camps for years. And mm-hmm. people laugh at that stuff, but it's like, no, he's a basketball mm-hmm. diehard, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he really cares about winning and, and winning basketball games. And this quote, you've probably seen this by now. Uh, the Hornets, Mitch Kupchak, I think they're in Barcelona today, mm-hmm. taking a look at James Najee, the draft pick that they, st- they stashed over there. Um, he was asked about new ownership, and his quote was, quote, shockingly knowledgeable. I didn't realize they had so much knowledge about the players, end quote. So apparently, you know, and this doesn't say, like, Mitch, obviously you say, well, he's going to say nice things about his bosses. Mm -hmm. If you know Mitch, Mitch doesn't deal in hyperbole very much. Mm -mm. Uh, To say that, you know, that he was shockingly knowledgeable about the, I think this ownership is deeply invested in really trying to win ballgames. Absolutely. I I 100% agree. I don't really have much else to say than that, and and that's a good thing. Hornets fans, that's a good thing. You want your owners to be knowledgeable uh, and and, and put – and put, let's see, let's see this play out this way. Let's see how the we, we know how the Panthers ownership has handled things. Let's see how this ownership handles things. They're knowledgeable, yes. Mm-hmm. That means you should put people in the places to be able to do their job. Hire your basketball people. Let them do the job. You do. You, you oversee. Yes, I have the knowledge, but they have a little bit more than I do. Step back and say, hey. I'm going to let them do their job. Now, when I see where I need to insert myself, I'll insert myself. Right. And I think that's, I hope, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to assume anything. I hope that's how they run this. And, and it, I think it's going to show up more quickly than the Carolina Panthers. I'm just going to say that. You think it, well, I, I don't think that's crazy. I don't think, I mean, here's the thing. I could see if Dave Canales has some more fairy dust in, mm-hmm. in his bag to sprinkle on Bryce Young next year, and that's the whole reason they hired him, right? Mm-hmm. That and the fact that he's unbelievably handsome. But, you know, he came <laughs> here to, to woo the ladies. Well, that's not true. He's married, but still. Yeah, he, he's incredibly <laughs> handsome, and he's here to sprinkle fairy dust on Bryce Young. Yeah. Um, you know, you got a Zero Evero coming back. So I, I could see, I don't think they're both going to have, you know, great years next year. It's hard to predict that sort of thing, given the doldrums we're living in right now in pro sports. But yeah. I, I think there's a world where both of them turn it around pretty quickly. I can see that, but I just think the Hornets are going to do it uh, quicker than the than the Panthers. I, just, I I think the Panthers. Yes, the defense is going to be good. I think that offense. They, they got a lot of work to do on that offensive side of the ball. They they got to. They're going to have to take a real big leap and a real big jump. And you know what? Let me catch myself. They are in the NFC South. Maybe you don't have to take the huge leap That's because it. you're in the South. You're not in the AFC West. Exactly. Right. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me pump my brakes. But I do believe that the Hornets are closer to a. Uh, uh, more sustainable winning than the Panthers. Now, I'm with you. Nate Wimberly, WBTV, in studio with us. Uh, speaking of the trades yesterday, just real quick, I mean, what they got in return mm-hmm. for the players they dealt away. I mean, you've already kind of commented on it, but in terms of the guys coming over, who are you most excited about? Uh, uh, Grant Williams and, and Curry to a, to a degree, but uh, Grant Williams is the one. Um, his toughness and, and, and being with the Celtics for the first four years in his career and being around that kind of, uh, that, that kind of franchise and, and, and seeing how things should be. Um, I think, and just like I said, I just feel like this team has just been missing that veteran leadership. They've been missing Marvin Williams. 
guys like that. Al Jeff, the best players being the leaders of the team. And, you know, I can Glenn Rice, Jamal Mashburn. I mean, like these were, yeah, they were the best players, but those were the leaders of the team. And if 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 LaMelo Ball is the leader of this team, I don't think we're going too far. And, and it's showing. So I just think they have to surround him with more great leaders. And just like I said last week, and I'm going to say it again, I saw you tweet out earlier this week because everybody after he had the big game, uh, after Brandon Miller had the big game oh, against yeah. the Lakers, uh, is this really Brandon? Yes, this is Brandon Miller's team. And he's going to be the leader of this team. He's going to be the man on this team. And uh, everybody's going to have to get up to his level. Because I already think he's already at that level. Is it because of who he is? it more because of who he is or because you think LaMelo's lacking in leadership and taking you know things seriously? I think it's more of, of, of LaMelo lacking. You do? And I do believe that, you know, Brandon Miller cares. He cares about winning and losing. I don't think LaMelo, they, they can all say it and you all see it on their faces. I think Brandon Miller takes it personal they're winning or losing. And I don't think that's always the case with, with LaMelo Ball. I just don't. Well, and I, I said this the other day, too. I mean, you probably have the same experience. Some of the greatest winners, the most successful athletes and coaches that I've ever met, they hate losing mm-hmm. more than they love winning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, losing to them is humiliating. It's infuriating. It's Absolutely. unacceptable. They lose sleep over it. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's a, it's a mark on their character. Like, they hate losing more than they enjoy winning. And, and that's kind of the vibe. And it doesn't mean you're a, a an angry, miserable person all the time. It's just the competitiveness that drives That's you. That's drive. I was just about to say. Michael Jordan drive. was that way, right? Co- Michael Co- jo- Kobe Bryant. Kobe was that. These guys could be enjoyable to be around, mm-hmm. but when it came to winning, being being the best, they didn't tolerate anything but that. I, I get that sense with Brandon, mm-hmm. and I think Lamelo has, in some ways, yet to show us that. Absolutely, I, they, they Absolutely. won a little bit with James Borrego, but we haven't seen enough of Lamelo being the reason why they win yet. I, I'll take I'll take this, and, and I don't I don't know if, but. Sometimes you have to break up. I just feel like that locker room was just so it's young, it's vibrant, and and if you don't have that went that care of winning and losing, it just and, and it's what Terry Rozier said. You know, it almost becomes acceptable. And sometimes you have to break those folks up and put some more uh, more leadership in that room to say, "Hey guys, this ain't it. We ain't gonna do this." And, and it just takes a hold of that locker room and it, it, it shakes people. And then everybody becomes, it's infectious and everybody cares about winning and losing. And I don't think, gosh, man. And, and just to hear uh, coach Clifford say, you know, about the defense uh, the other night and, you know, where we failed at and where I failed at with the D de- that's, that's all about caring and, and stuff. I just, Oh, well, no, real quick, because I, I don't want to belabor the point on this. I want to move on. But yeah, like Woody yeah. from Stanley said, damn, KB, uh, mofos. I guess we're mofos. <laughs> mofos just can't let LaMelo group up, will they? LeBron wasn't a leader at 22 years old. Didn't LeBron take the Cavs to the finals at 22 years old? Mm. Pretty sure he did. Mm. Now, I, I don't, I'm not expecting LaMelo to do, to do that necessarily, but I mean, like LeBron took a team to the finals at like 22, 23, I'm pretty sure. Look, we're, wait, we're waiting on LaMelo to grow up. That's all. Uh, it's, I'm it's not rooting t- against it's him. It's time for him to grow up. I mean, like, we, we can't wait forever. I mean, like, that's what they've been doing for the last four years is waiting on this talent, waiting for it to stay healthy, waiting on the leadership to come. And guess where you're at now? You're a 10-win team. You're 10-40. and 40. When are you going to stop waiting and ask somebody to actually grow up and do it? So, I don't – you waiting on to grow up. Nah, forget all that. It's time to go. It's go time. You got because now you got Brandon Miller in here. He's ready for go. You can look at it on his face. He ain't, he ain't about this mess. He about business. It's time to stand on some business around here and stop accepting the fact that oh we got we got this great player. Grow up. Time to grow up, Charlotte.
I like it. Time to put on your big, your, your, your big boy panty, uh, girl, big, big girl panty, whatever. <laughs> Goodness gracious, man. That's the headline. Nate Wimberly wears big girl panties <laughs> on the podcast today. <laughs> Write it down, Smoke. No, I'm kidding. Oh I mean, you're, you know you're all over it. Like, I mean, I'm rooting for LaMelo. I think yeah. I, I don't agree with people that want to trade him, but I also think that you're absolutely right. It's fair to criticize. Yeah, it's fair absolutely. to expect more. You get the payday. You know, you want to be the face of the franchise, you get the keys, and people need to see more. That's all. Absolutely. That's all. All right, we got Nate Wimberly in studio. Let's talk football for a couple of minutes. I want you to listen to this and tell me what you think. Uh, Baker Mayfield at the Super Bowl yesterday mm-hmm. was asked about the difference in losing a whole bunch last year in Carolina and winning in Tampa this year. Check it out. Here, when you had, you know, a Pro Bowl season. I mean, it starts top down, uh, how they run the organization, everybody being on the same page, and just how do you win games. And so when, when you got a lot of voices going on behind the scenes, you, it, you're making distractions for your players. You're not putting them in a good position to have success and play free. So for me, uh, getting to Tampa, it, it was refreshing. Uh, knowing Coach Bulls from the pre-draft interviews when he was with the Jets, knowing what type of guy he was, and him and Jason Light just told me to be myself and be the best version at that. And so that's an empowering feeling as a guy that has been asked to kind of contain who he is as a person, wears his heart on his sleeves a lot. So um, an empowering thing that they allowed me to do. <laughs> as soon as he said top down, you you buried your face in your hand. Oh, my gosh. Why does this? Oh, my God. It, it just it, 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 it confirms everything that we know or, or everything that we believe. Everybody that gets away and, and to hear uh, Steve Wilkes at, at Media Day on Wednesday talking about, no, I'm not bitter about how it, everything happened it, it, with the Panthers, you know, it showed me what not to do. And now I get to San Francisco and get around the Yorks and the, this 49ers organization, and I see now how a franchise should be run. I mean, like, my goodness, folks. I mean, like, oh, my God. <sighs> that ownership, David Tepper, a lot needs to change. Step back. Take a step back. You got your football people there now. Take a step back. Take your hands off the wheel. Let other people do their jobs. He it says is, that's what he's doing now. He claims that's what he's doing now. That, well, we, we, and and if you, that's true, we, good for him. Exactly. We'll see it. You know, we 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 don't need to belabor the point. Now you need to show it. And I, it's the, everything that I say every every time I come out, it's time for this team to show it. You, you can say it, but I don't care about that. I, you know, I like the, the fact that Dave Canales is on Twitter and responding to fans and giving stuff like that. Folks, don't get, don't, don't go squirrel. Squirrel runs across the road. You know, don't say squirrel just because he's responding and he's trying. Yeah. Hold him, hold him accountable. Let this team show you that they're going to go and do some stuff in free agency. What are they going to do in the, in, in the preseason? It's time for this team to show. And I, you know, <laughs> you're okay. You're good because I got a couple things coming in. Gas house Earl is really upset. He's really upset. Um, he says, uh, this confirms nothing, the Baker Mayfield. This confirms nothing. All he's doing is uh, saying things that someone else has said. Why didn't he say this before? He's full of BS. I watched him play. He was horrible. Somebody please call BS on him. But all you Tep haters, you'd love to just hear anyone say anything bad about this organization. So we, we got a Tepper defender in the house who's calling BS, saying that Baker's just regurgitating talking points. I, I mean, I hear you. You're right. We've been saying this. this. This has been the narrative. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, he did play there at the most important yeah. position. So am I supposed to call him a liar? I, I don't know. No. Well, I mean, I, I hear no. you. No. Those are the talking points. There's no doubt about that. I mean, everybody's got their own side. I mean, he's a. I could say he's a temper lover. I mean, everybody's going to have their own side as far as this goes. Oh, yeah. But it's just it's the, the proof is more towards the side of 
um, Mr. Tepper uh, meddling too much into the business. I mean, that, that the looks of it is that's what it is. So it's, it, to me, it's just obvious that, you know, this is what it is. And now he's got a chance to correct it. That's the beautiful thing about this. They're going to line up in August and we're going to see how all of this shapes out and everything works out. And hopefully they get it together and everything changes. And then we won't have that narrative anymore. Oh, yeah. Because winning covers everything that stinks. Well, and listen, let's let's be honest. If David Tepper had just listened to Matt Rule and drafted Brock Purdy, oh, everything would have been. Don't, don't, don't start with that. Oh, you please. don't you don't believe Matt? Yeah, I, you don't believe you know what I kind of do. But no, I you mean, don't. Like, There's no way. No, you no, do. no. But the thing is, it's like this is my thing right now. Keep pounding nation. Matt Rule is just living rent free in, in, in y'all's heads. I mean, like he says that anything about the Panthers and everybody just is gaslit. Oh, my God. All right, leave us alone. Don't say nothing <laughs> else, man. Let, 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 if Matt Rule says it, just be like, whatever. All right, then. Cool. Whatever. Let's move on. It is Dave Canales. It ain't Matt Rule. Yeah. We, we, we're two coaches behind you now. By the way, Texter's lighting up Gas House Earl. They all think it's a David Tepper burner phone or his, <laughs> or, or his son or his cousin. Uh, like, Earl, you're my, Earl, you're my boy now, but you are getting lit up on the text line every <laughs> text is are you sure that's not david tepper texting it it might be clearly a burner account for tep so on and so forth all right who do you like sunday by the way uh i'm going kansas city as much as i would love to see uh steve wilkes and, and christian mccaffrey and javon hargrave a uh, former north Rowan star uh played with the philadelphia Eagles. was a starter with philadelphia last year back in the super bowl again with san francisco as a defense tackle starting defense as much as i would like to see san francisco win this one so for all of those guys I just think Kansas City wins with that, and it's going to be some Mahomes magic late. I said earlier today on our new show, the point out there was streamed today for the first time this uh, for, for the first time, uh, 32-27, Kansas City. The point after, huh? What you yep, doing? Yep, yep. It's a, it's a, we're gonna um, it's a stream show every Monday and Friday at one o'clock. Uh, we're gonna be talking national and uh, uh, local sports. Hey, um, and today was the debut show, and we can't. Uh, you can't do a show today without talking about Super Bowl 58. No, of course so we not. had a big Super Bowl 58 preview. Uh, one of our guys, we talked to one of the reporters out in uh, San Francisco, uh, Car- Carlos Ramirez, gave a shout out to Diego Guevara, the former Charlotte 49ers, one of the greatest three-point shooters, mm. and, and, and he called him his brother. But we ended we we started out on a Super Bowl preview and ended up start started talking Charlotte basketball. So the point after check it out on WBTV.com right now. It'll be up. You know we stream it on on Mondays and Fridays at one. But we have it up online because we do realize that people do work at one o'clock. They can't watch TV or watch their phone. <laughs> so you can find it uh, on WBTV.com. WBTV. Uh, news app. Last question. I'm gonna let yeah. you go. This, this is a, this is a sports math question. This is an experiment. You ready? Oh boy. No, no. It's very, math, it's, math it's, it's very, it's very simple. It's let's very keep, simple. You let's, ready? Let's keep one plus one. Nate, if if a team's record is ten and twenty, mm-hmm. ten wins, twenty losses, how many games under five hundred are they? Twelve. No, no. Ten and twenty. Oh, ten and twenty. Yeah, ten and twenty. Ten games under five hundred. Thank you. Thank you. I, I have a listener. Oh my god. I, yesterday, yesterday I said, hey, the, the Hornets are ten and forty. They're thirty games under five hundred. Yeah. He is arguing with me vehemently since yesterday that it's actually half that number, that it's actually 15 and not 30. Because if you had won 15 games instead of – if you'd won 15 additional games, that would have you at 500. And I'm like, no, that's not how anybody in sports applies that. It's how many games you'd have to lose or win to get back to 500. So if a team is 29 and 19, they're 10 games over 500 because you could lose 10 straight, you know, and still stay above 500. That's how we do things in sports. 
but I'm arguing with a listener about something that is a commonplace application across sports. Look, I'm trying to get my mind to just kind of just mellow out and, 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 and relax. I'm actually going to go to SmackDown tonight at the Ooh. Spectrum Center just just to kind of just lose my mind a little bit. Look out for West um, Bryant. Yeah, yeah. actually, I'm going with West. You are really? Um, yeah, yeah. We're going over there. Um, I, that right there, just what in the heck? What kind of math are you? Where did you go to school, young Uh-oh, man? uh-oh, uh-oh. Where did you go to school? You know what? I'm not going to get you angry. Ain't, math ain't even my thing, but come on, homie. Like, really? <laughs> come on, player. No. Uh, no, that's some bad math. That, the math ain't mathing. Math ain't mathing. You heard it right there. <laughs> hey, we'll see you next Friday, brother. All right, now, y'all have a good one. Have a good weekend. Have a good Super Bowl Sunday. And you can watch it on WBTV uh, starting at, I guess, like noon. There you go. <laughs> we, the 5 o'clock hour rolls on when we return. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. What's up? It's Walker Mail. Join Wesson Walker from 12 to 3 on Monday. Of course, we'll recap the Super Bowl and also continue the Panthers position preview series on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Copeland will not let this go. This notion of above and below 500, he insists that he's right. And he's just not, man. And he won't let it go. It was on Twitter last night. It's on the text line today. He's giving me all sorts of hypothetical math equations to try to prove that he's right. And and to prove wrong, the, the most common application of games over and under. It's, it's the right and common application of games over and under 500. If you're 10 and 40, you are 30 games under 500 because you are 30 games, 30 wins away from getting back to 500. If you are 40 and 10, you are 30 games over 500 because you'd have to lose 30 games to get back to 500. That's how it works, man. That's just that's the that's the common and correct application in sports. I don't care about mathematicians and you know what you think about how it should be stated and you know well if you'd won this number of games then it would be 500. That's not a useful application of this. I can't believe I'm arguing about this on on sports radio. Of all the dumb things that we argue about on sports radio, this might be one of the top three. So I'm going to finish and get it over with. But I, I just can't believe that I am having a fight about you know what constitutes games over and under 500. Every sports fan that I've asked immediately quipped with the correct answer in under two seconds. Everyone, except Copeland, who won't let it go. I'm done now. I'll say the fact that it's Copeland makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. But it's it's just... Love you, Copeland, but this is very on brand. It's very on brand, and I'm willing to understand the point you're trying to make. You're just wrong in terms of application. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Mr. Sizest says, KB, who you got on Sunday? Um, <sighs> Chiefs. I think so, too. The fact that they were not the favorites in the initial line, I don't know if the lines changed, but the fact that they were not the favorites, it feels like people are rooting against them. They now have bulletin board material. And what's the problem that they've had the whole entire way is that they've had bulletin board material outside of the super wild card round against the, the Dolphins because no one was giving them or hardly anyone was giving them a shot against Buffalo. I thought that they would lose. Then I, cert- I certainly myself thought, well, they're not going to beat Baltimore. And they took it to Baltimore. And the crazy thing about this Kansas City Chiefs team, Kyle, is the weapons on offense are not it, but they're getting the job done with them. It's the defense. And it's not just Chris Jones. It's oh, Steve Spagnuolo's been phenomenal. I'm, this is arguably been the best best job Steve done, Steve's done since the 07 Giants defense, if we're thinking about it. No, it's true. It's 100% true. Um, I just, I mean, the last time he did a job this good, it got him a head coaching gig. I don't know if that happens this time. Uh, considering how his tenure as Rams head coach went, no. Uh yeah, I am I allowed to be, or maybe should I be, 
should I be sad for Kyle Shanahan and the, and the Niners if they, they miss out on another opportunity to get a Super Bowl? Like, am I, should I feel bad for them if they lose this game? I, I don't know. You tell me. I'll say it like this. Because I don't think this, the 49ers are a sympathetic team. No. Right? They're not a sympathetic fan base. I'll say that. Okay. So so I should or should not. Like, if they lose to the Chiefs, if Patrick Henry, Patrick Henry, if Patrick Mahomes, great American, Patrick Henry, if Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid get number three, Kelsey gets number three, and the Niners are denied again. Like, there's a part of me that would feel kind of bad for 49, like our buddy Wes Bryant. I don't know a lot of 49ers fans, but like, it, it's got to be tough. Like, Bills fans know a thing or two about this. To, to keep getting there and keep losing. It's happened to the Panthers twice. You know, Panthers fans have, I mean, they, they know what I'm talking about. They haven't been there maybe as consistently knocking on the door, but they've been there twice. We've already seen Shanahan lose once in the Super Bowl itself as the head coach. Of course, Blue 28-3 is the coordinator. Here's the one reason I'll say I wouldn't feel sorry for them, and it's it's the trade-up in 2021. They traded up for Trey Lance. They arguably had one of the biggest drafts busts of all time, but since they're a coherent organization outside of that, you know, they're good. Guess what uh, the 12th pick turned out to be in that 2021 uh, NFL draft that they traded to Miami? The Brett, no. What was that? Micah Parsons. It was Micah Parsons. Think would, about it. That would have... Yeah. It worked out better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that would have worked out better. So, and then they just go right pretty. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. So that's where, in, in certain instances, they drafted one of the biggest draft busts of all time, but they were luckily good everywhere else. I, I would feel sorry in the fact that essentially outside of that massive blunder, they've done everything right. They've built in the middle of the rounds. They've made a lot of good trades outside of the one, and they were able to find a quarterback that in their system is very good as the last overall pick. It's just, unfortunately, so, sometimes – you're the Chicago Bulls, and other times you're the Utah Jazz. And if they lose this one, they, they're kind of like the Utah Jazz. Just don't win the big one. They they fall short of greatness. Mm, I, I mean, all the analogies and all the comps you could have given me, these 49ers is the Utah Jazz. I like that a lot more than I think I should. I, or honestly, Who's the going, Carl Malone of this team? I, well, I'll, I'll actually do you one better. In a lot of eras, there's a guy like... Is CMC the John Stockton of this team? Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. But no, I was just going to say, or I'll put it in another way. Some eras, you find guys like Dale Earnhardt Sr. and Jeff Gordon, and unfortunately, I feel like that uh, the 49ers could be playing the role of Mark Martin. In a different generation, Mark Martin would have won multiple cup championships. In a different generation, without Patrick Mahomes, the 49ers could have been the dynasty. Mm. But unfortunately, they were going against all-time greats. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Mel from Charlotte says, don't pity the Niners. They have six Super Bowls. They do, but the last one was 1994. It's funny how people don't go uh, at them as much as they do to Cowboys because it's technically been longer. It has. It has. But the 90s aren't as hated, no. right? They're, they're not even close. Uh, let's see. Texter, here's a good question. 803 number says, is Brock Purdy still the quarterback of the Niners if they lose? Yes. Without a shadow of a doubt. Well, now, now hold on. I don't think you can say unequivocally yes. Like, if Brock Purdy goes out there and just, you know. He'd have to have a Jake DeLome like divisional game performance in 08 for me to say no. Like, if he if he went out there on Sunday and, and finished the game like 12 of 27 for 160 yards and, and three picks, they're looking for a new quarterback, I think. Potentially. Well, that, yeah, especially considering that Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent. 
I mean, think about Kirk Cousins might be the perfect quarterback for that. And the only question is, how would he be coming off an Achilles tear? But but before the Achilles tear, the last two years of Kirk Cousins, I'd argue, is the best version of Kirk Cousins we've seen. And didn't he be on that roster? Yeah. Whew. That could be something special. Right. Right. I, I just that's again, I think it's still and I hate to, to use this because I don't I don't think it's a cop out, though. It matters how he plays. Of course, it has to matter how he plays. Right. If he plays well enough and they still lose the game, well, they're not necessarily moving on from him. But if he wets the bed in the Super Bowl. It's a different story. It just is. I mean, if he goes out there and stinks up the joint on the biggest stage, I, I think they're at least bringing in competition. And it's more so because they don't have to pay him that much. No, no, absolutely. So they, they, they should do that if they lose the game and he doesn't play well. They should. Uh, Big Cat Dan asked the question, which one would you guys rather be, 0-2 in the Super Bowl or still be on the list of teams that never made the Super Bowl? They were talking about the all-time teams that made the Super Bowl and the Jags never making it down here. Oh, I'd much rather get to the game. Yeah. No, get, getting to the game, is that still means you're, in this case, NFC champions. You at least have that moment. Right. You, you have an NFC championship trophy. Like, I, I mean, for as much as Super Bowl 38 hurts, I, I can actually go back and watch that game. Now, Super Bowl 50, I can still, I'm not going back to watch that game until they actually win one. But they, even then, Super Bowl 50 is not even the worst loss in franchise history. That that has to be the 2008 divisional game. Okay. That was like watching Old Yeller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were just watching a quarterback essentially die right in front of your eyes in, in football terms. And then, <laughs> and then you pay him like $45 million guaranteed. Huh? Yeah, they, they paid him a contract extension after that. Yeah. Which compounded the issue. And then he was the game against the Eagles in week one of 09 was just as bad. Yeah. They benched him like in the third quarter and they had to throw in one of the McCown, uh, Josh McCown. Real quick, 906 number says if he wasn't a low draft pick, y'all wouldn't even ask that question about Purdy. Is that true? Probably. If he wasn't a low draft pick, y'all wouldn't even ask that question about Purdy. So you're saying that if he was the 10th overall pick or the, the 7th overall pick or the 5th overall pick. Yeah, because there's an incentive to keep him. Because you got a lot, millions involved. Well, you know, like what year of the contract is he's in? Is this his second, second year? Yeah. Right. So you only. Well, I mean, you wouldn't be moving on for if he was a second. Yeah. But he's not even making a million dollars. He's still having to live in with one of his. Yeah, students. but he's you can't go from wanting us to treat him like the big boys. You know, you you want us to talk about him being in the MVP race. And and treat him the same as these other quarterbacks. So don't the consequences of playing terribly in the Super Bowl come with that? I, I guess is the question I have. I, I'm not anti-Purdy at all. I just feel like too, too many people go one way or the other when it comes to Purdy talk. Yeah, and, and I think his circumstances still matter here. Like you could say, well, if he was a high draft pick, you wouldn't say Yeah, but he's not. So the reality's different. I don't know. We, we can keep arguing about it. For now, though, we got to go to smoke on the headlines. All right, Kyle, this report is brought to you by ExpressPros.com. Make hiring easier with the workforce experts. Let the people at Express Employment Professionals find you the right fit. Hiring is about people, not algorithms. Visit ExpressPros.com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. All right, uh, we're going to go first to uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So, uh, you know, I'm a big Lil Jon fan. He has not been confirmed for the Super Bowl, but there has been someone else that's been confirmed to join Usher. Alicia Keys will be joining Usher in the halftime show. TMZ has reported that it is official. 
Alicia Keys will be joining Usher on well, Sunday. I mean, Alicia Keys doesn't make anything worse, so that's not a that's a good thing. Yes. I, I'm here for that. What else you got? All right, we got a massive Friday news dump here, and then the perfect Friday to do it too. Ooh, the New York uh, former New York Mets manager, uh, general manager Billy Epler, was suspended for out the 2024 MLB season on Friday by Rob Manfred, who concluded he directed the term to fabricate injuries to create open roster spots. He did what now? Say he, it again. He fabricated injuries okay. to create open roster spots. Oh, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. They've kept that quiet, huh? Yeah. Wow. Perfect Friday to drop that news, too. Wow. Wow. All right, and finally... We mentioned yesterday that the NFL will be going to Brazil for the Eagles to start their 2024 season. This is going to be happening in 2025, but the NFL will be going to Madrid and play a game at Madrid next year, Kyle. Boy, they're really chasing world domination, aren't they? Domination. They are chasing world domination. Will it work? Only a matter of time before they go to the Tokyo Dome. <sighs> Okay. Uh, real quick, Texter hitting us up. Domestic dispute in waiting says, y'all are so quick to keep LaMelo, but toss Purdy. That's crazy. Now, now we're doing cross-sport comparisons, huh? Come on. Uh, English Paul says, Brock isn't even a real QB. He's a caricature of a QB. Exaggerated for comic effect. Regards, Cam Newton. Oh, come on. Okay. You know what? We'll, co- we'll come back and wrap up the show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Join Weston Walker for a Reaction Monday. Am I mad or sad after Super Bowl 58 on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ? John in before the show's over. You can let it roll for a minute. I, I'm not going to object to Lil John playing in the background, but uh, welcome back. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You got some people snapping and leaning and bobbing their heads. Nobody wreck out there. I know Smoke's got the party jumping and a whole bunch of sedans out there right now. This is what the Super Bowl needs on Sunday, man. Uh, uh, you know, you, I'm not going to argue with that. Um, Thank you. I'm not going to be mad at you if Lil John shows up, but Usher is enough for me. Uh, Usher and Alicia Keys are enough for me. Okay, Alicia Keys. Yeah, yeah. and then we get Reba McIntyre. Um, you know, singing us the national anthem to start the show. Unfortunately, she has to follow up Chris Stapleton last year. Yeah, she's not beating that. Yeah, Reba's pretty awesome. I just, I don't think she's quite that. Maybe good. '90s Reba McIntyre would have had a shot, but even as good as Reba still is, <sighs> that's whew. Man, I've been watching some old performances from from Toby Keith last several days. I saw you found his wrestling uh, clip. Oh, I'd from, seen that before. Oh, I just it just popped up in the old algorithm. Yeah, from TNA. Yeah. Who, who did he uh, powerbomb no, again? That was, uh, that was a super... Uh, I'm sorry. I, nobody cares about the wrestling part. Who did he do that to? Uh, Jeff Jarrett, who bought, uh, started yeah. TNA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's good J-E-F-F-J-A-F-F. stuff. J-E-F-F-J-A-F-F. By the way, Jeff Jarrett was neighbors with Taylor Swift. What? Yeah. Jeff... Taylor Swift was the babysitter for... Or Taylor Swift was the babysitter for Jeff Jarrett's kids. Stop it. No, I'm serious. How do you... I'm Googling that. Jeff Jarrett has a podcast. I mean, after a couple of your notable screw-ups yesterday, I'm not sure if I can trust Jeff you. Jeff Jarrett's from Nashville. Huh. I, I see you're not lying about that. Well, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I, you're not a liar. I, I, that's not nice. You're not wrong about that. 
Yeah. All right. So what a way to end the show. So, who so do that's you know? how her musical career got started was from Jeff Jarrett. J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. Oh, God. It's so good. That that was, that was yeah, it's the last. Anyway. Going to SmackDown tonight? No. Sounds like a good time. Sounds like a good time, yeah. But it's, I, Colin and I went to AEW last uh, month, got to see Sting wrestle and uh, Adam Copeland or Edge. I don't know if you know who Edge is. Yeah. Oh, you do? I'm aware of him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got to see him, and I got to see FTR. I just didn't have it into plans for SmackDown. By the way, was that was that CM Punk on the stage last night uh, defending Cody Rhodes after The Rock smacked the hell out of him? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, CM Punk has a torn tricep. Uh, yeah. See, I know some wrestling stuff. All right, yeah, as, you know him for his... <laughs> and for his MMA time. Um, anyway, as we sign off here, a quick reminder, join Walker and Fitty for the Michelob Ultra Charlotte Hornets watch party at Graham Street Pub and Patio in Uptown tonight. 7 o'clock, the party begins. 8 o'clock tip. Walker, Fitty, Flounder, Shroppy, uh, they will be live from Graham Street Pub right next to Bank of America Stadium for Hornets and Bucks tonight. They're going to have giveaways, your chance to win future Hornets tickets. Uh, go out there and see them and tune in for the pregame show at 7 o'clock tonight. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us this week. Uh, it has been a fun week. we got big stuff planned for 2024. I can't wait to keep rolling throughout the year. Um, but the Super Bowl is on Sunday, and that kind of – you know, starts a, a brand new football calendar. So looking forward to getting in here Monday and having some great conversations. But until then, for Smoke Ludwig, I'm Kyle Bailey. This is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You're going to be dead in 100 years anyway. Live dangerously.